0: Okay, hey everybody, welcome to the live stream, uh, 7 o'clock, so we are going to get started and um, let's wait for, wait a minute here, just, well, not a not a full minute, but just wait a, little, a couple of seconds to see if anybody else jumps on, but we'll go ahead and open with prayer and um, we are covering Revelation, we're finishing tonight, yay, congratulations to everybody who has stuck with it from the beginning because... 22 chapters later, <laughs> we're, we're finishing up tonight, and this is good news tonight. We're doing a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem, so, um, so let's go ahead and pray. Hey, Lisa, we're going to go ahead and pray and get started, so Heavenly Father, we are so thankful and grateful for everything that you've done for us and everything that you've blessed us with, and thank you so much for our salvation, and uh, thank you... Jesus, for dying on the cross and paying the price for our sins and making a way back um, so that we could be reconciled to you and that our sins could be paid for and covered and we can be new creatures in you. And we're so thankful for that. And Lord, I thank you for everybody who um, has come in person tonight and those uh, joining on the live stream and those who will watch later on YouTube. And I ask for a special blessing on everybody. And um, Lord, I... Just pr- pray for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to be here tonight. and Just open our minds and help us to understand your word and give me the words to speak. And um, just give us all understanding. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. Welcome. Hey, Tiffany. I see you're on as well. So, all right. Well, let's get into the lesson. So, we are on, we're going to start with Revelation 21. There was a verse that I came across this week. I just thought was very appropriate for this lesson which is no eye has seen no ear has heard no heart has imagined what god has prepared for those who love him and that was first quoted you know first in isaiah 64 4 and later quoted in first corinthians 2 9 and um i think as we talk about this i mean this is to me kind of a bare bones of of what's going to be happening with the new heavens and the new earth and the new jerusalem and there's still a lot of Unanswered questions and things we really don't know, and I think it, you know, that's intentional. There's, there's just more that we're not going to know till we actually get there. I think, so. But let's go ahead. We're going to read Revelation 21 first, and then we'll go back and talk about that some, and then we'll do 22. And it's good we're doing them both tonight because they really do complement each other. So, all right. But in 21, um, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and earth had passed away and the sea was no more. Um, And just remember the context of this chapter. The last chapter was the thousand year reign of Christ on the earth from Jerusalem. And then uh, Satan was cast. He was bound for the thousand years. Then he was released for a short time. There was another rebellion against God. Um, Those people were all burned up. Fire came down from heaven from God and burned them up. And then Satan's cast into the lake of fire. And then we have the great white throne judgment. So, um, And just recall that we saw in verse 11 that earth and heaven fled from his presence, meaning Jesus, and no place was found for them. So like at that point, um, there was, um, you know, like the earth and heaven ceased to exist. So now we're seeing the new heaven and the new earth coming. Um, so, all right. So picking up in verse two of 21, I saw the Holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the former things have passed away. And the one seated on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are faithful and true. And he told me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give freely from the spring of the water of life. The one who overcomes will inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. And presumably daughters. (laughs) (laughs) But to the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and sexually immoral and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. This is the second death. And so that's what we looked at last week in chapter 20. Uh, So, all right. Then in verse nine, then one of the seven angels with the seven bowls full of the seven final plagues came and said to me, come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city of Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, shining with the glory of God. Its radiance was like a most precious jewel, like a jasper, as clear as crystal. The city had a great and high wall with 12 gates inscribed with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel and 12 angels at the gates. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations bearing the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who spoke with me had a golden measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and walls. The city lies four square with its width the same as its length. And he measured the city with the rod and all of its dimensions were equal. 12,000 stadia in length and width and height. And he measured its wall to be 144 cubits by the human measure the angel was using. The wall was made of jasper, and the city itself of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth Sardonx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth burl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, with each gate consisting of a single pearl. So there's our pearly gates. The main street of the city was pure gold, as clear as glass but I saw no temple in the city because the Lord God almighty and the lamb are its temple and the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it because the glory of God illuminates the city and the lamb is its lamp by its light. The nations will walk and into it. The Kings of the earth will bring their glory. Its gates will never be shut at the end of the day because there is no night there if you're just joining we're in revelation 21 on verse 25 now in 26 and into the city will be brought the glory and honor of the nations but nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who practices an abomination or a lie but only those whose names are written in the lamb's book of life all right so let's go back and break that down a little bit um, so we see in verse one, there's a new heaven and a new earth because the first heaven and first earth has passed away. Um, so there, currently, my understanding is there's three heavens. We have the atmosphere around the earth is the first heaven. Then you have the stellar heaven with the stars and galaxies. <clears throat> and then the third heaven is the throne of God. And that is referenced in 2 Corinthians 12, two, which is on your scripture guide. Um, this is Paul speaking he says I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven whether it was in the body or out of it I do not know but God knows and um, and also Revelation 3 and I'm sorry 4 and 5 when we covered those pa- those chapters that those took place um, the throne in heaven and both chapters you know had, had you know were scenes in taking place in heaven so that appears to be the third heaven All right, so then we have some other verses in the Bible that refer to new heavens and new earth. So we have 2 Peter 3.13. But in keeping with God's promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. And if you recall, we read that passage more in detail last week, and that's where uh, Peter's talking about the earth being burned up with fire and then a new heaven and a new earth coming after that. Um so that's what we were saying we think that everything is burned up at the end of the millennium, and that's you know, and then the new heaven and new earth. Um but then we have some passages, Isaiah sixty-five seventeen and Isaiah sixty-six twenty-two. So let's read those because sixty-five seventeen says, For behold, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. And then Isaiah sixty-six twenty-two For just as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, will endure before me, declares the Lord, so your descendants and your name will endure. All right, so I was kind of struggling with these two passages, because if you read the Isaiah passages in context, it really seems to be referring to the millennial period, the thousand years prior to this. So, um, I mean, we can even flip over to Isaiah 65 really quickly. If you want and just take a look at some of that, um, just to underscore what I'm saying. Um, let's see, 65 start, let's start in verse, um, 17. Okay. So that's what we just read. Um, um, you know, I'll create, okay. I will create Jerusalem to be a joy and its people to be a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and take delight in my people. The sounds of weeping and crying will no longer be heard in her. No longer will a nursing infant live but a few days, or an old man fail to live out his years, but a youth will die at a hundred years, and he who fails to reach a hundred will be considered accursed so it goes on with you know that sort of thing and um, but it 's like okay well that seems like that 's the millennial period that 's not you know i mean there's no the new heavens a new earth there's not going to be any more death you know, the millennial period you still have humans who survived the tribulation, who will go, who were believers, who will go into the millennium to live for that thousand years. And at the end of that, you know, Satan's released, there's more people deceived, you know, that the, the humans that are born during that time and living during that time still have that sin nature. So that has not been eradicated. And then in the final new heavens and new earth that's that's all gone there's you know now it's all glorified bodies there's you know i think that's what burns up in the second peter passage is just all the the sin the curse all that has to be purged for us to have then the new heavens and new earth so um so the only way i can really understand this is that it's it's not talking about the same new heavens and new earth um, I think that it's um, hey. If you're just joining, we're, we're in talking about Re- we're in Revelation 21, talking about the new heavens and new earth. Um, but so I've given it, you know, given it a lot of thought and done some research, and you know, you know, because I mean, my Bible references those Isaiah passages as footnotes for the new heavens and new earth. But like I said, when you read it, in con- and some of the commentaries I was using for the study also reference those passages, but. Anybody, do you guys see what I'm saying though, that it doesn't seem like it's the right thing? Dean, you have a- inconsistencies <laughs> there, right? Yeah, yeah. One thing I was thinking, because Ezekiel chapters uh, 40 through 48 cover extensively the millennial period, and it talks in great detail about the temple that will be set up at that time, how Israel is all apportioned out in Jerusalem, you know, where Christ is reigning during the millennium from Jerusalem, And I was thinking about it, and there are a few similarities that you see in the Ezekiel passage too then, what's also described in the new heavens and new earth, but it kind of makes sense to me that whatever, however Jerusalem is set up in the millennium, you know, there might be some similarities then for the new Jerusalem that comes down and is kind of what it was always intended to be. So I'm kind of thinking that, and also the the earth is just going to be totally wrecked by the end of the seven-year tribulation. I mean, we've seen this massive amounts, including Jerusalem. Yeah, everything is like in total shambles by the end of the tribulation. So really, God seems like he would have to do something to renew things at some, you know, to a certain extent for us to then... Presumably
1: Jesus won't want to (laughs) years of rubble. Right. So they'll probably build a new Jerusalem.
0: Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I would it would seem likely that there's gonna be a lot of things that, that you know, Jesus is gonna to have to renew the earth for the millennial period because it's it's been totally destroyed. So I I think that might be the answer to the but questions.
2: Where, where am I reading
0: Well, we're talking about the new heavens and a new earth, and then we're going to talk about the new Jerusalem as well. Because, um, and that's another interesting point is just, okay, we're thinking of like the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven, but then is that all there is? Because really, when you no. read this passage, it seems like it's like people are coming in and out of
2: yeah, the and city. It's, and it's only the people that glorify God that are coming in and out. So that tells me that there are still sinners on the earth. They're just not in Jerusalem.
0: I, maybe. I mean, I'm not... The, the reason... It could just be referencing the fact that just trying to say, like, these people won't be there. You know, like, if this is the type of person you are, I mean, you know, they're... Because even, even when it talks about, um, in verse 9, you know, the you know the, their place is in the lake of fire. That's the second death. That was already happened, you know. I mean, that just happened right before this. So I think it's, right. in a sense, like, for people... This is meant for... The church, you know, for those of us reading it, even thousands of years later after it was written, for us to understand this message and be like, okay, um, that's not the sort of lifestyle I should be living because I will end up in the lake of fire in the second death. I mean, it's basically saying that these people will not be there. You know, they won't even be in the, the final new heavens and new earth. They, they won't be there. You know, I just don't see how if all sin is purged, at, by that point, and everything has been judged. I don't see how you could then continue on with unbelievers, but I understand I guess, what you're saying.
2: Yeah, I guess because yeah. in chapter twenty-one, when you get to verse twenty-seven, the very last verse, it says, "But there shall by no means enter right enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life." Yes. Right. So, right. So
0: that makes it sound like there could be people, but but I'm again, it just doesn't seem like theologically that could work. So maybe it's more of just a thing saying that, you know, just to let people know ahead of time, you 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 won't be included in this city if if that's what your life is currently, right? I mean, because how could there well, still yeah. be sin? And you mean, know. And I
2: are
0: talking about
2: a new earth. Yeah. And I get that, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the new earth was made for the millennium. Well... And you... then we have the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Yeah. And during the millennium, there certainly was people that were born that still had a sin nature. Right. And... I'm wondering if all those were eliminated, because if yeah. you do the math on this, basically the New Jerusalem is approximately half the size or two-thirds the size of the United States. Mm-hmm. What's going on on the rest of the globe? Right, right. Well, my,
1: my kind of feelings, and i not have to go back and look, I mean, to me, there is there is a new a renewed earth after, for the millennium time period. Um, But the new Jerusalem and the new earth, to me, I gotta reread it, but it feels like there's no water, you know, there's no oceans, oceans. but also there's no, not necessarily the need for a sun anymore either. So to me, it's almost like it's a new universe, not just a new, like a refurbished, you know, Earth, this is, like, completely different. It's now, we don't get power from the sun, we don't get light from the sun, you know. So there's no, we don't need to necessarily spin for gravity to hold us down. I mean, it's just, feels like it's a whole new, like, I don't want to say physics, because I think physics are physics, but I think he provides, God provides, all of the the energy, the light, the, you know, things are growing in every season. They're They're just needing to be picked. You know, it's not a, a summer, winter, fall, and all, all that sort of stuff. So I think from that standpoint, it in a sense could be a new earth. It's not necessarily saying it's this earth and there's stuff outside of this earth, right? You know, it's this size city and then the rest of the city is outside of that city. To me, it could either be that size or it could also be this is the size of the city in that total globe. Maybe there's some people that like to live in the countryside, <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> uh, I don't know. So, I don't think it's clear, but I think yeah. it is, I think this is defining a different, in a sense, could be a different earth, a different world, a different universe. I was gonna say, mm. maybe you would disagree with you a little bit, I think even the physics have changed, gold is a wonderful substance, but I wouldn't pick it as a building material, right? This city is made of gold and it's not just 1,500 miles wide, it's also 1,500 miles tall. Right. Mm-hmm. A pretty big hunk of gold. It couldn't support itself from the gravity we have
0: yeah, but if so, we have glorified bodies, would the bodies be, you know... The gold itself the it
1: weighs
0: oh, too much. Oh, the, the gold weighs so too much. much. Oh, I got, I get what you're saying. Oh, okay. So I so thought so you much meant much. that humans, like the people, well, couldn't support it. 1,500 miles of people would probably weigh a few. Miles. <laughs> you know, so what I'm saying? Is, okay, the gold itself. The okay, okay. I gotcha. Huh, that's a, that's an interesting point, too. Yeah. Well, let's let's keep going here, and you know, the engineers
1: are the engineers are intrigued. We're like,
0: yeah. Well, well, there there are there is a lot, and and we'll see too. I mean, it's also in there about you know that may actually be twenty one. Yeah, in chapter twenty two, it talks about each month. So how are we still having months? You know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so let's, so let's look more because some of the stuff I had looked at was just that, um, where was it for new? I mean, apparently the word used here for new, the new heavens and new earth is the word, the Greek word neos, which means new in time or origin, but that wasn't the word used. It was the word Kainos, which means new in nature or quality. This is... So physics, yeah, right? So, yeah. you know, so uh-huh. what? You know, so apparently the earth will be completely re- renewed and renovated and heaven and earth are now merged into one realm. Cause, I mean, we're so used to thinking of it. as like God is in heaven or when you die, you know, if you're a believer, you're going to heaven to somewhere up above. But now it's like God will be here with us. And the other interesting point i would noticed, I've never really noticed this before, but in chapter 20 where it talked about, Fire came down from heaven from God. So Jesus is here reigning on the earth during the millennium. So is God still in heaven? And we talked about this a little bit last week. But it also mentioned here, you know, in verse 3, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. So it's like finally, you know, there's no other heaven dimension. Now it's all like one. We're all in the one dimension the one city. So it's kind of, to me, a little bit hard to wrap your mind around. I don't know, maybe other people do as much trouble, but, but I do with, you know, just trying to think about all that. Um, all right. So there was that. And then the Holy city, um, new Jerusalem. So that's, you know, comes down. I saw the Holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. So again, God's sending the you know, down from heaven. Um, but even the old Jerusalem was always referred to as the holy city and that means you know holy means set apart and I gave you some scripture reference we're just gonna look at one which was Nehemiah eleven one, and that was now the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem and the rest of the people cast lots to bring one out of ten to live in the holy city of Jerusalem while the remaining nine were to dwell in their own towns. so just you know that's there's other references to Jerusalem being called that already in the Bible and then we see in verse three God will dwell with man Um, and at the end of the millennium the kingdom is given by the son to the father where it will merge with his eternal kingdom and there's a passage in first Corinthians 15 that I only put one verse down for you but I think or did I put all of it just one, yeah. I'm gonna go back and read 23 to 25 because it gives you more context. Um, okay, so that one was talking about for well, in 22, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to him. So we, we've already read this passage before, but then the end will come when he, meaning Jesus hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. So at what point will all of this have taken place? Reign, yeah, the- yeah, at the end of the thousand year reign, all that would be taken place, so now um, he's. But that's what I'm questioning because
2: the kingdom is not handed to the father by the son until after the millennium right so we're talking about the new heaven the new earth the new Jerusalem Mm -hmm. God's now in charge Christ is no longer in charge but but yet in, in what you just read in Corinthians there are still this is what I'm so not understanding There's still people that are not followers. Well, okay. Or there's uh, still demons or there's still something.
0: Well. Th- you covered it last week.
1: After the battle of Armageddon, the fire comes down it destroys all the unbelievers. There aren't no unbelievers left. In there. no right. I, I'm clear on
2: that. I studied <laughs> all that. I was totally fine with all that <laughs> until I got here. Oh, no. No. <laughs> Now, when, yes, it did. And when I'm reading this, it's like, okay, well, the I don't remember which passage it was. Oh, in Nehemiah, now the um, the leaders of the people settled in Jerusalem, and the rest of the people passed laws to bring one out of ten to live in the holy city of Jerusalem. Oh, that All was them. that was like Old Testament
0: stuff. Okay. That was just the only reference is that was just to show that Jerusalem is known as the Holy City, but it wasn't like a um it, it wasn't time when they were back, like, y- yeah yeah it was back at the time when I think they were regathering after the twenty
2: seven
0: yeah okay well we'll I think if you if you look back because see like I said in verse eight he they mention these are the sort of people that will not be there you know their place will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur this is the second death but that already took place in 20 because that's where we had the great white throne judgment right and so um you know because what happened was well all those who were gathered against jerusalem at the end of the millennium were deceived by satan fire comes down from heaven and destroys all of them. So their souls would either immediately went to hell or else they immediately were taken to the white throne judgment. That was somewhat unclear because it seems like it happened pretty much then. You know, so it was like, okay, the believers on the earth were maybe transported off up to heaven perhaps because now they're coming back down with the new Jerusalem in chapter 21. I mean, it really doesn't tell us where the, the believers who were living here during the millennium, go because it doesn't. It just doesn't say. But presumably, if the whole Earth is burned up, because it says, you know, for the Great White.
2: It did somewhere. I think it did. that at the end of the millennium, they. Where did I read that?
1: Maybe
2: you're thinking of the, was it Second Peter? I was thinking of that. The the ones that were not. Cast into hell or the lake of fire at the end of the millennium at the, the throne judgment, um, went to heaven and then came back to the when, when everything was combined the new earth, the mm-hmm. new heaven they were, they were there already. But that would only be believers. Right at that point. Yeah, because
0: yeah, so only the believers. Right. Because we see that, you know, the great white throne, earth and heaven fled from his presence. Jesus, no place was found for them. So earth and heaven are are now gone. And I saw the dead, great and small standing before the throne. So then it's these are only unbelievers who are at this judgment. Right. So then at the end of that, you know, they're they're thrown into the date, the lake of fire. Um, death and Hades were thrown in the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone was found whose name was not written in the book of life, he's thrown in the lake of fire. So, you know, but, but then interesting in 21, it's still referencing people, you know, but I think, like I said, it's basically just to say, you know, well, and think about how our culture is. Anytime somebody dies, no matter how evil they were, you know or what kind of lifestyle they lived like Michael Jackson comes to mind it's like oh they're in a better place now you know they're in heaven and it's like um, you're not in heaven you know if you if you are not uh, you know Jesus if you did not give your life to Jesus and if he didn't pay for the price for your sins I mean that's a free gift he offers but if the person never accepted it they're 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 going to hell now and then eventually after the great white throne judgment they will go to the lake of fire so you know it's maybe trying to say okay here's this great city everybody wants to think oh everybody's in heaven it doesn't matter how you've lived you'll all get there in the end and maybe this is almost like reinforcing you you, that's not a guarantee you're not going there this is your lifestyle and we'll get to that in a minute with uh, in verse um, eight with the different things we'll go into that a little bit more detail but um but yeah so let's let's move on a little bit um let's see where it says he'll wipe every tear from their eyes in verse 4 that corresponded with Isaiah 25 and that was um, he 258 25 8 through 9 he will swallow up death forever the Lord God will wipe away the tears from every face and remove the disgrace of his people from the whole earth for the Lord has spoken, and in that day it will be said, "Surely this is our God; we have waited for Him, and He has saved us." This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us rejoice and be glad in His salvation. And then um, the Alpha and the Omega in verse six. Um, that was like I think the third. Let's see. It was mentioned in Revelation 1:8, and also it's re- mentioned again in Revelation 22:13. So it's like three times in Revelation. We see Jesus referring to himself as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And he's like, to the thirsty, I will give freely from the spring of water of life. And so, um, you know, there's John 7, 37 through 38 talked about Jesus. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. So I think that's referring to the Holy Spirit there. Um, but let's see verse 8 okay so the verse 8 let's get to that so this corresponds with 1st Corinthians 6 8 through 9 and that says Paul speaking here to the Corinthians do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God do not be deceived and again like I said in our culture this is just rampant that you know everybody's going to heaven or well if you're just a good person you're going to heaven or whatever but do not be deceived neither the sexually immoral nor idolaters nor adulterers nor men who submit to or perform homosexual acts nor thieves nor the greedy nor drunkards nor verbal abusers nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God and then the you know this passage covered really not quite as much detail but you know it starts out with to the cowardly Um, and cowardly I looked all these words up in the Greek and it's um, you know it's kind of describing a person who loses their moral gumption or their fortitude that's needed to follow the Lord you know maybe they didn't did not want to be persecuted they did not be made fun of whatever they they were afraid of that and then unbelieving was from the Greek word epistos meaning incredible unbelieving or faithless and uh, like someone without Christian faith, a heathen, an untrustworthy person, or it just an incredible thing that, you know, something that was hard to believe. Um, and that was from Strong's Concordance. And then the word abominable, it, it means like foul, um, to cause to be abhorred, which is hated. Um, it, it means like to turn oneself away from on account of the stench metaphorically to abhor or hate and detest and that was Thayer's Greek lexicon and then murderer that was committing unjustified intentional homicide so not just accidentally killing somebody but purposefully killing somebody Um, and and then sexually immoral um, that's always been defined in the Bible as any sex outside of heterosexual marriage so it's you know, it's a fornicator, it's also a man who prostitutes himself, uh, a male prostitute, um, or any fornicator. So again, just engaging in sexual immorality. And then sorcerers, the Greek word for that was pharmakos, and I thought that was interesting, it it could be a poisoner, which made me think of a certain vaccine. (laughs) Um, A sorcerer, a magician, um, and using drugs and religious, incantations you know witchcraft all that sort of stuff Um, and also to drug people into living by their illusions like having magical supernatural powers to manipulate god into giving them more temporal possessions and a lot of witchcraft you know and that sort of thing is trying to manipulate the elements to get some sort of benefit for yourself and then um, an, an idolater is a worshiper of false gods and liars that's you know lying false deceitful, untrue. So I think we probably already know what that is. But so those, you know, again, they're giving a list of things now as a believer, our sins are covered. You know, it's not to say we don't sin, but we have, you know, we can go to God and receive forgiveness. And, you know, we are striving not to live lives characterized by these attributes. So um, those people will not be in this new, new, new heaven and new earth and new Jerusalem. So, all right. So then in verse nine, this was really interesting because, um, the New Jerusalem, so John had first mentioned it in verse 2, that he saw this coming down. Now it's kind of like goes back and he's going to fill in details about it. So um, it's one of the angels that had, um, wait, where was it, the, that had the seven bowls full of the, the seven final plagues. And those were all poured out um, in chapter 16 in Revelation. That was like the final um, part of the tribulation was the seven bowls of plagues poured out. Um, so, but the interesting thing in this was that the same, well, I don't know if it was the same, but also back in revelation 17, an angel comes who also one of the seven angels with the seven bowls came and said to me, come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on the many waters. So if you remember from the, the chapter 17 lesson, um, that, anybody remember offhand what was what was the um, the city that was discussed that the great the, the prostitute represented yeah Babylon so this was the destruction of religious Babylon so it's kind of just an interesting content context, context um, or contrast that we're seeing because you have one of the seven angels with the seven bowls each time John is carried away in the spirit both times to see something, you know, to see the Babylon one, he's carried away to the wilderness and then the new Jerusalem, he's carried away to a great mountain. And, um, and then just think about it. One was Babylon represents like the most evil city ever. I mean, it's kind of like every, the most you know everything bad the the like I said the most evil city and then the New Jerusalem is like the best city you know so it's like a contrast of the two cities that um, that we see there so I, I thought that was interesting I, I don't think I would have just picked that up reading this by myself so um, but then so he goes on with more details. so there was 12 gates with the names of the 12 tribes of Israel then there's 12 angels at each gate there's 12 foundations with the names of the 12 apostles. So can you imagine like John seeing his own name? <laughs> That's pretty cool. And Sherry, as you pointed out, the, the dimension. So it, it's a re- approximately 1500 miles by 1500 miles by 1500 miles, so it's like a cube. And the distance would be approximately from the Atlantic Ocean to the Rockies and then from Canada to Mexico, just to give an idea of the size. And if there were 20 billion residents, each could fit into their own private 75-acre cube. So does that seem big enough?
2: 75 acres seems like a pretty good spread. Yeah, 75 acres seems like a pretty good spread. Cubic spread, that's a
0: cubic spread. Yeah, a cubic
2: spread.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. so for those who are worried we can't all fit. Um, yeah, we can,
2: <laughs> they can stack us up like skyscrapers. Okay? Right. right, And I we're 75 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever, so, it'll be. <laughs> right.
0: So, um, so that Even you know. Neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might. Yeah, we might all be neighbors. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be pretty cool. Um, so then after that, they describe you know just I mean just a beautiful city with all these dazzling jewels and the pure glo- uh, pure gold and all that. Um, interestingly. You know, I guess uh, the um, exact identity of most of the stones is not really known. You know, we know like amethyst is like purple and, you know, emeralds green. So, you know, we know some of them. Sapphire, I think, is like a blue. But, you know, uh, some of them, it was somewhat unclear what the colors really are. So, um, all right. So there was that. And then, all right, down in verse 22, there's no temple. And it's interesting. It says, the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple you know, and I think if, as we talked about during the millennium, if you had God, the father was still in heaven and then you had God, the son here on earth. Now everybody's together. You know, the, the Trinity is back together. So presumably all like the Trinity is now ruling, um, is, is how that would be understood. And, um, so henry morris who wrote revelation record this was a quote from him both god in his infinite majesty and god in his suffering humanity so the lamb was the suffering servant are one both together as god man comprising the holy temple in which he dwells eternally with his own people so um all right and then the next one was where it talks about the kings of the earth um let's see and into well, the, the, you know, the gates are never shut. So for the city, which, you know, typically in olden days, you know, for these cities, would, they would shut the gates at night to keep people safe to keep the intruders out. But obviously, we don't have to worry about that anymore. So the gates will always be open. Um, but into the city, we've brought the glory and honor of the nations. So again, it's like that makes it sound. Oh, and earlier it said the kings of the earth will bring their glory. Um, into it, so it makes it sound like people are coming and going in and out of the city. So, in addition to having our little abode in the city, <laughs> or we, or our seventy-five acres, or whatever, you know, do we also are we out and about doing other things in the other part of the world? You know, and that's where I feel like it's vague. I don't think it really tells us. And maybe just like back to that verse we started with about. We really can't imagine, and God doesn't really make it, you know, 100% clear what it's going to be like. And so, uh, but that, that is what it seemed like for that. So I think we've pretty much covered 21. Any, any final questions on 21 before we move on to 22? No? And Sherry, did the, do you think that cleared? Are you still struggling with that?
2: Yeah, no, I'll work through it. <laughs> don't work through. I mean, even though we're finished with the Bible study, I'm not finished with Bible study. Right, so. right.
0: Well, now let me tell you, I think every, I would say probably every week as I prepare these lessons, I wrestle with some point, you know, and this week I really was wrestling with just those Old Testament, new heaven and new earth, and even some of the stuff in Ezekiel, and like, well how, you know, how is this all fitting together?
2: Well, in previous chapters, you know, I was really wrestling with, you know, Old Testament Scripture and New Testament Scripture that, like, when you die, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: are we just kind of, I don't know, maybe the Catholics sort of have it right, that we're kind of like, hanging out in purgatory, that we don't really go to heaven because well, there's parts of it where you read in here and then you go look back at the Old Testament prophecy and it talks about the bodies or the dead from the earth, right. the sea yeah. Yeah. rising Yeah. so that means Think, okay. Yeah, we, we, we yeah yeah
0: we we've actually covered this already, and what we said last week. In fact, Beau had a really good insight on it last week about the sea. Do you remember what you said last week? Because it well, we talked about the fact that the sea was it that or was it, you had some really good insight on some point. I thought it was that. Well, but. I think to
1: answer is that there is. Um, we could go through the different groupings because there's like a bunch of different time periods. Certain people go here, in yeah. the Old Testament. Certain they people go here to, to before Christ God. comes back, and after He's, you know, during yeah. the tribulation. Then yeah. After the tribulation, the millennial. It's right. like they all have a different. Right. Yeah. That's you know, where
2: I was getting confused. So, like, then where does the rapture come in? I, I think, uh, because was, I mean, it says that you know we will see. You. Christ, you know, in the clouds, the whole Uh world will see him, the trumpets will blast, Uh we will all rise. Okay, Um,
0: I gotcha. All right, well.
2: And so, it doesn't make sense that we would all be there before chapter 4 begins, before the tribulation starts. Uh The way John describes what he sees. Heaven, yeah. I'm not picturing us there. Okay. When he first just starts describing heaven. But we know we're coming back with Christ right. to the new world. Right. So at some point between our death and the the earth's death, yeah. that we end up in heaven, but and I know that there are several places in the Bible that says the trumpets will wear and we'll, see, we'll all see Christ and we will, we will go up to the heavens. But like the, there's nothing concrete in the book of Revelation that says, okay, this is when people right. after, after Christ's resurrection, the church age, this yeah. is when Christians go to heaven.
0: Okay. Well, let me well, let me go back and try to cover this because, we, and we we have talked about this throughout the study, and that's the only reason I know this because we've already gone well, over. I know, and I've studied it, and I've gone back and looked at
2: the references. I'm, I'm sorry, I haven't been able to, you know, be oh, okay. for all the conversation. Yeah. No, but no, no, no it's like the more I study, the more confused I get. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to get cremated or buried or whatever the case may be, and then is that just like no time has passed and then all of a sudden fail in heaven or
0: you'll be in heaven right away. But this is how it worked in the old Testament when the people died, everybody went to what was called Sheol. Right. All right. So that's down. Yeah. And so that was like divided into two areas. One was a place of torment and the other was a place of blessing, blessing, you know, right. So, so it appears to me that when Jesus died, I mean, he's the first fruits. He's the first one to ever resurrect. So he went down to Sheol and took out all of the believing saints, the Old Testament saints. They came out and went to heaven with him. Okay. So then from that point on, any... because those
2: are the ones that John sees
0: right they're under the throne and they're no 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 those are the tribulation martyrs. martyrs yeah they're the the souls under the yeah so then you have the church age so then now anybody who's a follower of jesus christ from that point on when when we die we immediately go to heaven our souls do now for the rapture that is where it says the dead in christ rise first and then we who are alive will be caught up like so, so our bodies go so it appears at that point that the graves open up if you had already had died any time during this church age your grave opens up your body comes out of the grave you, your soul comes down from heaven is like reunited with your body and then the rest of us are going up at the same time and we meet the lord in the air so that's the rapture so then it's, you know, that's always the big controversy. When does that take place? Um, the, the intro session I covered, like, I think it was seven or eight reasons why I believe in the rapture. And, I mean, one of them actually was from, because in Revelation, this is, these are my biggest points. Chapters two and three are seven letters to seven churches. Right. Then you never see the church mentioned again. Right. You see 144,000 Jewish evangelists going forth. You have the two Jewish witnesses in Jerusalem that are preaching for three and a half years. Yeah, I see. You know, the Jews
2: are yeah. sealed. Yeah,
0: yeah, right. Because this is right. Because this is the the tribulation. Ultimately, is that final seven year period that's been prophesied in the book of Daniel for. Israel. For Israelites, So it's not about the church and it's not about America. It's about Israel is what the tribulation ultimately is about because at the end of the tribulation, Israel finally will as a nation accept Jesus as their Messiah. So they finally the remnant. I mean, it, it says um, in other parts we covered this week or two ago, but two thirds of the Jewish people will die. That was like Zechariah prophecies. Uh, One third survives the tribulation. And they finally recognize Jesus as the Messiah, and those who survive, they go into the millennial period. So, um, so, so yeah. So, so we see in chapter three of Revelation. Um, we
2: go back with Christ for the millennial period.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that you know there's a promise in chapter three. I think it's like three. Where is it? It's one of those where it's like, because you have, um, yeah, there it is. It's actually revelation 310 to this one church. This was the church of Philadelphia that didn't have anything. They were, you know, like told they needed to fix, but it says because you've kept my command to persevere. I will also keep you from the hour of testing that is about to come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. So that seems pretty clear. That is the tribulation. So it's like, the church is being told because you've persevered you're not going to be going through this tribulation wow, wow. so then we see that after the the, the letters finished starting in ver, in chapter 4 after these things John looks and sees a door standing open in heaven and a voice I previously heard speak to me like a trumpet saying come up here and I will show you what, what must happen after these things so that yeah. is kind of a picture of the rapture so it I think that what it's trying to convey is at the end of the church age once that finally finishes and it's time for the tribulation the believers are called up to heaven in the rapture Um, and then at the end of the seven years we all come back down with him so now during that time you have a huge harvest of people who come to the Lord during the tribulation so those were I think that was in chapter six uh the fifth seal the martyrs the Lamb opened the fifth seal. I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony they had upheld. And they cried out in a loud voice, How long, O Lord, until you avenge our blood? So, you know... Um,
2: and I forget where it was, but it was after the Jews were sealed. There was... And I think it was the last half of the tribulation, the last three and a half years, where he saw like 10,000 times, 10,000 times plus thousands and thousands of years yeah yeah
0: myriads yeah because um throughout revelation we keep seeing these glimpses into heaven of all these redeemed worshiping the Lord right. so um I think it was let's see because there was another scene in uh chapter fourteen, but I almost thought there was another one after that we're chapter referencing one,
2: know, so like
0: yeah, fifteen, then they're they're praising God again. Um, you know, 18 was Babylon, 17 and 18 are Babylon. Oh, 19, there's rejoicing in heaven again. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of, a lot of areas where it's, you know, the believers are in heaven. So, so at the end of the, um, the tribulation, Jesus comes back with all the believers, sets up the millennial kingdom on earth. So now you've got a 1,000 years. And my question, we talked about this last week, I think, was like, okay, if you die during the millennium and you're a believer, what happens to you? You know, like, are you going to heaven where God is? Or the one thing I read, I just said, well, you come back immediately in your glorified body, which... (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't really say, but we do know if you die during the millennium and you're not a believer, you would go to hell and then you're going to be resurrected for the great white throne judgment. Right. So that, that part was pretty clear. Yeah. So
2: clear, cool, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, there's, there's some gaps there of things, but let's go ahead and, um, read 22, which isn't a real long chapter. So let's do that. Um, and so this is then the angel. So I'm assuming it's still the angel that, that was one of the seven angels with the seven bowls is talking. So try to keep in mind through the chapter, like who is speaking. So it starts out, the angel showed me a river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb down the middle of the main street of the city. On either side of the river stood a tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit and yielding a fresh crop for each month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be within the city, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night in the city. And they will have no need for the light of a lamp or of the sun. For the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, so still the angel speaking, These words are faithful and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of prophecy in this book so is that the angel quoting jesus or was that then jesus interjecting so because that seems like
2: jesus
0: (laughs) okay yeah i mean it seems like jesus words but so was he saying it or was the angels quoting it so i don't know um and then in verse eight and i am john who heard and saw these things and when i had heard and seen them i fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had shown me these things but he said to me do not do that i am a fellow servant with you And your brothers, the prophets, and with those who keep the words of this book, worship God. Then then he, presumably the angel, told me, Do not seal up the words of prophecy in this book, because the time is near. Let the unrighteous continue to be unrighteous, and the vile continue to be vile. Let the righteous continue to practice righteousness, and the holy continue to be holy. So then it seems now that Jesus starts to speak because this is Behold, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me to give to each one according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by its gates. But outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral. The murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. So that's probably... That's
2: where I got confused. <laughs> where I yeah. was. Because
0: I know, the way it reads, it makes it sound like those people are still lingering somewhere.
2: Outside the gates.
0: But, you know, I think they're, they're at this point... The point that it gets to here, they're in the lake of fire, so they are outside somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> they won't be in the city. So, And then in 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come, and the one who desires the water of life drink freely. I testify to everyone who hears the words of prophecy in this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, "Yes, I am coming soon." Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of Lord Jesus of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. All right, so let's. We'll try to make this quick. Um, tree of life in verse two. I'm gonna, you know, just kind of skip over some mm-hmm. of the things I had on the outline. But um, Genesis 3:22 through 23. That was where we first saw the tree of life, and that's. Let me just read that really quick. Um, then the Lord God said, this is after Adam and Eve have sinned. Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now, lest he reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. So we see it mentioned there. And now we see it again in Revelation. Revelation. Um, and then when it says that the the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations, you're like, well, what does that mean? Because presumably, you know, in a redeemed new heaven and new earth, we don't need healing. But um, for, but apparently, a better translation of the word actually could be health, cure, or service. So you could say the leaves of the tree are for the service of the nations. So maybe somehow used, you know, for the nations that are that are living in some sort of positive manner. Mm. Any thoughts on that? Cause I know that's always been a weird verse for me, like trying to understand what that means. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I had some verses there. I'll just read one Proverbs three, cause it, there was just a, a lot of verses in Proverbs that talked about, um, well, let me do 1130. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise. So they had several verses that kind of talked about different things like wisdom. You know, if you had wisdom, that was like compared to a tree of life. So you can look those up later if you want. Um, let's see. Verse 4.
2: Before we go on to that oh, okay. I can, um foot notes down here. It says, why would the nations need to be healed if all evil is gone? I'm right where water flowing from the temple produces trees with healing leaves he's not implying that there will be illness in the new earth he's emphasizing that the water of life produces health and strength wherever it goes
0: well and that's interesting too because i was i was actually looking at that ezekiel passage earlier today because like i said ezekiel 40 through 48 is like all about the millennium it's like the temple is there and the water is flowing from the temple but they also reference these trees and the leaves are used for healing so you know again that's where i was kind of thinking maybe what we see with the millennial period with jerusalem it's kind of similar you know some of the aspects are still repeated for the new heaven and the new earth because it seems like two separate things to me but yet it's like It's like almost like the same description. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Any thoughts on that? Anybody? No. But yeah, because again, we shouldn't need healing in the new heaven and the new earth. (laughs) So, but yeah, maybe it just service is a better way to think of it, you know, and just somehow those leaves or have some sort of, you know, think about even just now how plants have such powerful healing properties, a lot of medicines come from plants and different things so you know it could just be something that's beneficial to us in the new heavens and new earth um all right and and notice too it did say you know fresh crop each month so you know again that was interesting because how are we still having months you know I mean don't isn't all that basically because you have your earth and the rotation and it's like one takes the earth one year to go around the sun and that's how we have a year and that's why we have months
2: I don't know I kind of looked at it as I mean we're still human yeah and so we still need water and we still need sustenance and this is just to say that God is going to provide everything we oh, need yeah. In, yeah. in the time that we need it right
0: well, wow. yeah. Okay, yeah. That's that's a good point. Cause yeah, th- hopefully that's the great news if we're gonna be eating in heaven. I hope there's chocolate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Barbecue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> barbecue tree for demon.
0: Yeah, oh. Dean and Bo—they want barbecue. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not sure about meat now, you know, because originally in the Garden of Eden they did not eat meat. You know, it was actually a whole, yeah. like basically vegan society. And then after the flood is when all of a sudden, you know, God said, "Okay, you can like eat eat the animals." So I think that well, would they be. Have dominion
2: over the animals, though.
0: Yeah, but I mean. Well, for, you know, but think about that. I don't want to see heaven where, like, animals are being killed. I don't worry about it. Even in heaven, probably tofu will taste good. <laughs> <laughs> he said
2: even in heaven, well, tofu will taste good. <laughs> well, in the millennium, it says, you know, the lion will lay down with the lamb. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe even... Yeah. Um, we can't even get dogs and cats to go along, so... Yeah, that's that true.
0: Be right. Alright, so let's see. I'm gonna skip over some of this stuff. Um one thing about the inverse let's go down to verse eleven where it talked about um oh let the unrighteous continue to be unrighteous, and vile continue to be vile. Because I was like, Well, doesn't God want us to repent? Like why is it why is it phrased like that? And um and this was um Saying that, like whatever you do, guard and proclaim the words of this prophecy, some of the wicked when they hear will be all the more confirmed in their wickedness, so be it. There are also godly men and women who will be greatly blessed and more firmly fixed in their godly disposition. That was from Henry Morris, and I thought well that that makes sense. It's kind of like it's not that you know God does want you to repent, um and that's the whole point of. Of really the whole thing is bringing man back to him uh, but it's just that there's going to be people in and we saw that throughout the tribulation how the people just in, no matter all these horrible things that were happening they still just hardened their hearts and still just refused to turn to God in spite of all the, the horrible things that were happening to them the harder he pressed them the world. Yeah, the harder they were pressed, the further they went away. Yeah. So, um, and then where he said in verse 12, I come quickly. He, that's kind of throughout revelation. And, you know, sometimes it's like a warning that he's going to be coming and, you know, like you need to repent. And then other times it's like a promise. And sometimes he's like, I'm going to come as a thief. That was twice in revelation. The first time is a th- the second time as a promise. So, um, so we're, like, way over time, so we're going to kind of just skim so through this. Yours does say,
1: first of all, I come quickly on uh, yours, because NIV says, behold, I'm coming soon, but then I have a note written in here that coming soon, maybe more accurately translated is, when I come, it will be quick.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, right? mine that's says that, that, yes, that, right, where it does say when I, I think mine says that somewhere as well. What but actually, I, I, I'm using the Berean Study Bible, and actually, but no, I don't think mine does say that. But yeah, it, it was it in, yeah,
1: yeah, it's, to yeah.
0: it's yeah. the the understanding could be when these things all start to happen, it's then happening pretty fast, you know. And so, James, and behold,
2: I'm coming quickly, and my report is with me, yeah.
0: And, and let's talk about that because the believers have a different judgment on the rewards. And we have mentioned this a little bit before, but 2 Corinthians 5.10, uh, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive his due for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. So that's for the believers. And then in 1 Corinthians three. 13 through 15 it says if anyone builds on this foundation using gold silver precious stones wood hay, or straw his workmanship will be evident because the day will bring it to light it will be revealed with fire and the fire will prove the quality of each man's work if what he has built survives he will receive a reward if it is burned up he will suffer loss he himself will be saved but only as if through the flames so that all seems to be you know indicating you know the believers you're, you're not saved by your works but your works will be judged and you know some of it if you may not you know you may may not your works may not amount to anything and so you're you'll still make it in so in that case you might have that might also be like a sense of level of rewards in the you know the millennial kingdom you know where we're we're ruling with Christ you know maybe those who had more works you know, they may have better positions in a sense during the millennium than those who, you know, squeaked in, they made it into heaven, but they, they had no works to, for the Lord. So, um, so anyways, you know, Jesus is saying here, he's coming and he'll, you know, he'll have his reward with him. Um, and let's see here. Verse 13, he talked about, he the Alpha and Omega again, he, that was also back in verses 21 in Revelation 1:8. Um, let's see, the root of David. That was a, when he said he's the offspring of David. I am the root and offspring of David, the bright morning star. He also had said that in Revelation 5:5, where he talked about he was the root of David. And and then where it says, notice where it says in 17, the Spirit and the bride say, "Come." And so that's the Holy Spirit. And then who is the bride? Yeah, the church. So it's like the believers, so it's like believers in with the Holy Spirit. We're trying to we're inviting people to come. We want people to be there, you know, for the wedding supper of the Lamb and and to be in the new heavens and the new earth and the new Jerusalem. So we are inviting people and calling them to repentance and to come to Christ. And then just real quick in eighteen, so it says there's a strict warning not to add anything to the book. So it says if you add anything the plagues described in this book, God's going to add to you. So the implication actually could be that you could still receive salvation. You know, like you're going through the tribulation and you had added something. You may have more plagues, but you could still repent and find salvation. But then in verse 19, what it says, if anyone takes away the words of this book of prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life in the holy city. So it's kind of like your name's removed from book of life and there is no possibility for salvation there and Deuteronomy 4 too had a, a, an interesting thing because this was um you know Moses God talking to Moses you must not add to or subtract from what I command you so that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm giving you and Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible so you know it's like you know, it's pretty serious to tamper with God's word, let's put it that way, you know, I mean I, I feel like that was more specific like Moses would have been for his the books he wrote, and I feel like this is talking just about Revelation, but by the same token if God's word is God's word, and I, I think that would be you would come under judgment one way or the other for, for tampering with his words, so any thoughts some
2: on... Place in here that where you had different verbiage when it was talking about that, but, but mine said uh, ten com- said the Holy Commandments or the Ten Commandments or those that had kept the Commandments, and yours had a different...
1: Hmm.
2: And, and it's mm-hmm. got the King James Version.
0: I remember seeing that I'm somewhere in this chapter it was in 22 or... verse 14 <laughs> oh okay yeah 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 because mine yeah mine says blessed are those who wash their robes but the I do a footnote that said blessed are those who do who do his commandments so I think it's just trying to so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by its gates And, um, I think I kind of like the wash their robes more because I think it's more implying the work of Christ in our lives because the other one is like who do his commandments. It sounds like a salvation by works to me. It actually has a
2: footnote down here on mine that says text reads, wash their robes. It says what? Text reads,
0: wash their robes. okay. Okay. Yeah. And that, we saw that earlier in Revelation as well yes. Yeah, that's right. Dean, that was good. Cause I was like, where was that? <laughs> All right. So it's in the church of Laodicea. Oops, i got so much stuff in here. That's in chapter three. Yeah. New? Um, yeah. The, so if that's where it was the, the, lukewarm church that was neither hot nor cold. And, uh, because you are lukewarm, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. And it says, you say, I am rich. I've grown wealthy and need nothing, but you do not realize you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich white garments so that you may be clothed and your shameful nakedness not exposed and salve to annoy your eyes so you may see so yeah and then we saw in, in chapter 19 that the 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 saints were dressed in white let me see because that was um let's see the marriage of the lamb has come his bride has made herself ready she was given clothing of fine linen bright and pure for the fine linen she wears is the righteous acts of the saints So, but, um, okay. All right. So, so pretty much, yeah, that was, that pretty much closed it out. I mean, um, you know, I did want to mention, it was just kind of interesting where I kind of glossed over that, but it was a a good point about, actually, I think it's more in my Bible verses there, but when he says, um, Back in verse 6 you know he sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place that's actually revelation 1 1 and then um, behold I'm coming soon bless the one who keeps the word of his prophecy that kind of course one's revelation 1 3 and um, yeah so it kind of ends it with a little bit how it how it began and I thought that was kind of cool so yeah so, um, <laughs> so- That's pretty much the end. Any final comments or questions from anybody?
2: Thank you. (laughs) Yes, thank you very much. My my
0: pleasure.
2: My My pleasure.
0: Yeah, I feel like I learned a tremendous amount just, um, you know, even though I've been through. You know one or two studies in the past and you know reading it and whatnot but there's it finally all really came together for me i think so if anybody's watching um these have all been recorded and i have a youtube channel so um if you're not in our end times what was that <laughs> yeah, so, so you can go back and watch them all in order on the YouTube channel. I also have a Facebook group. If you're not in it, just let me know. Um, but it's end times Bible study on the Facebook group. Um, no, thanks So thanks so much for doing this, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, I would encourage you to go back and watch them in order if you haven't seen them all. And, um, yeah, it's been very in depth (laughs) and, uh, but I feel like it's, um, Tiffany said, I've learned a lot even though I'm quiet. Well good, good. Lisa said, Thanks so much. Thanks. I appreciate that. So well good. I hope it's been a blessing. It's uh it's been a blessing for me. It's been hard. It's been really hard. A lot of a lot of time and and like I said, just wrestling with it because it's you know <laughs> I also feel it's like you know weighty responsibility because you know <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take away or add anything. And, you know, I mean it's it's definitely a um, you know it's, it's serious. So, but anyways, all right. Well, we'll go ahead and and, and close. Um, just Tiffany says hate that it's over though. Yeah, well we might get still get together and do a few more studies here and there on you know maybe we'll do like the War of Gog and Magog or you know do a couple more things to bring clarity and um so we'll let you know let y'all know about that but all right well once again the most important thing is you do not want to end up in the lake of fire so if you are not sure about your salvation um you, you know you just pray invite jesus into your into your life turn your you know your life over to him and um just repent of your sins and pray, ask him to come in and be the Lord of your life and start reading your Bible and praying and, and getting to know the Lord and following him. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really not hard. (laughs) So, all right. Well, if you have any questions, let me know and, um, we'll go ahead and just pray and, and close. So father, thank you so much for this time we've had. And I pray that, everybody truly has been blessed through this study and anybody who doesn't know you that um might might be watching we pray for them to find you lord to find salvation and we know that you don't your desire is for all to come to salvation you do not take the take any pleasure in the death of the wicked and you do not want anybody to end up with that fate and um but it's it's all our choice lord you give us free will and you give us the ability to make that choice or to not make it and um just pray that uh your holy spirit would be at work and draw people to drawing people to you for salvation and that we all will find a new life in christ with you if we, if we don't have that and um just ask all these things in jesus name amen all right thank you everybody and we'll see you later